I go into a little parquet. I'm on my hands and knees. I'm crawling into like the most bushiest kind of place that could at least hide me. I dug a little hole and I'm sitting there, whatever, doing my thing. And then two little old ladies come walking down, talking to each other in Greece. All they needed to do was just look around to their left and to the other one to their right, and they would have seen me clear as day defecating in their park. On this episode, we're gonna talk about one of everyone's worst fears, getting diarrhea while abroad. We're also gonna talk about why avoiding street food vendors with no lines is a good idea, and why carrying Kleenex, baby wipes, hand sanitizer, and Imodium might just save your life. Let's do it. You're listening to the Travel Horror Stories Podcast, a show that listens to real stories from travel bloggers and travelers just like you. Then we unpack those stories to discuss safety tricks, prevention treats, horror hacks, and follow-up tactics. The goal is to turn travel nightmares into dreams of beaches, sunshine, and margaritas. And now live from the Thought Card Studio in Bridgepoint, Connecticut, here's your host, Danielle Desire. Hey everyone, this is actually going to be a remix to Chris's podcast because I am taking over. My name is uh, Danielle Desir and I'm going to tell you a little bit of the weather outside here in Bridgeport. So Bridgeport, it is sunny out here. It's about 75 degrees and if you're wondering just, you know, what that means in Canadian weather, I was joking with Chris earlier that my armpits are a little, a little moist, okay? So it's a little hot outside. Uh, thank you again so much uh, for listening and for hanging out. We have a really awesome episode for you. This time, Chris is going to be taking the hot seat and sharing with us all about most people's worst fears, getting sick while abroad. But before I introduce to you our special guest, I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show over at TravelHorrorStoriesPodcast.com. And if you're listening on your mobile device, please take a second to give this episode a five-star rating and leave a comment. It really helps the episode get found by more people. All right, so my guest for this rudderless ship is its captain, Christopher Rudder. But for this episode, I've commandeered the ship. You're stuck with me, guys. So he can share one of his travel horror stories. Hey, Chris, tell us all about yourself and your blog. Awesome. Uh, okay, so about, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't listening. This should stay in. This should stay in, guys. This is your host, Christopher Rudder. Okay, yeah, so tell us about your show and about uh, your podcast. Okay, so uh, my, my blog is called Rudderless Travel, and uh, my blog talks about short trips and mini breaks. It's about stopovers, layovers, business travel, day trips. It's all about short weeks and long weekends, and I try to have fun, give you a little quick itineraries, logistics, how to use your time and maximize your time, and how to see a lot of places uh, you know, with a limited amount of, of vacation time. 
This podcast is called uh, Travel Horror Stories Podcast, and the podcast is literally just taking uh, a lot of travel stories, most of them from my friends and colleagues in the travel space, and listening to their horror stories, uh, not just because, you know, we like to listen to other people's stressful times uh, for our own amusement, uh, but also so we can learn from their stories, so that way you as a listener can don't have to repeat the exact same mistakes that they made, so you could travel safe, you could travel confident. And you could travel more knowing that, you know, you don't have to make all the same types of mistakes. And that's the purpose of it. It's also loosely inspired by the fact that Instagram sucks and always makes everything look so pretty. So I didn't want to do that. And I want to try to show the real deal about what travel is really like. <laughs> and I, I love it. I love it. Uh, it's it's a really important discussion to have. And I love how you bring such a fun flair to such a I know today's topic is kind of gross, so. <laughs> it is. I hope you have a strong stomach. <laughs> All right, Chris. So are you ready to be in the hot seat of the game you always play with your guests? I'm not sure. I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> you should be scared because in my episode, you were not kind to me. <laughs> Just oh, kidding. No. Just kidding. All right. So we are going to play three stories, two truths and one line. You are going to tell me three stories. Two of them are going to be true. One of them is going to be a lie. And I'm going to try to guess the lie. Ready to get started? Yeah. Okay. Story number one. Uh, I ran with the bulls in Pamplona. Uh, story number two. I flew in a balloon in Cappadocia. And story number three. I took a boat ride. Uh, in, uh, to explore the grottos in Portugal, in Lagos, Portugal. Ooh, this is tough. Well, I definitely know that you did take a balloon ride in Cappadocia because you have a really awesome, I think you have a video on your YouTube channel about yeah, it. So that's uh, definitely the truth. And I feel like you have been to Portugal before. So I feel like that is going to be true. I don't think that you rode the bulls. Is ran that with the bulls? You never ran with the bulls. Is that? I feel like you did. Oh shoot! I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's my final answer. I think number one is a lie. Oh, damn, you're good. I'm good. Uh, oh. No, yes, I didn't. I actually didn't run with the. I was trying to just play a little curveball. I actually didn't run with the bulls. My brother. But you were did. there. But you were I was there. there. Yeah. Yes. I, I filmed it from the safety of a balcony, but but my brother was actually the one who was running in it. You see, so, this is why uh, you cannot trick the host because I know things. <laughs> I know. You know, and, and it's the same thing like whenever I play the game, it's difficult because uh, if you're good friends with the person, it becomes a little bit tricky to come up with some lies and people know all your business. Oh <laughs> you know my gosh. I mean? <laughs> yes. But that was a good one because I feel like I saw, I saw something that you were doing and you were filming. Like you said, I think you had it on your YouTube channel where you filmed it around it, but I wasn't necessarily sure. But Cappadocia, I know for sure you talk a lot about Turkey. And I feel like I, I, I knew confidently that that was something that you did. <laughs> Gosh, wicked. Well done. Well, well done. So what would you do if while exploring Cappadocia, Turkey, you eat something that leaves you sick for several days across two continents, several cities, and a few planes. That's what happened to Chris. So what inspired your trip to Turkey, Chris? And then tell us your story. 
Okay. So what inspired my trip to Istanbul specifically was the TV sh the movie actually called uh, Skyfall. So it's a James Bond film. And uh, in the opening scene of the James Bond film, he was either chasing somebody or being chased, but his motorcycle was going through the Grand Bazaar of, uh, it's like the big shopping mall in Istanbul. And I saw all the stuff inside. I was like, oh my gosh, that place looks really cool. And then it had all these amazing uh, cinematic shots of the skyline with all these moss sitting on top of it. And I thought it was like absolutely gorgeous. So I go, I have to go to this place. And then uh, to tie in Cappadocia, I was watching a, a documentary because, you know, I love watching documentaries. And there was a documentary about Cappadocia where they're restoring the frescoes inside uh, the caves there. And I thought that was so cool. And then in the backdrop of that are all the balloons that are flying in Cappadocia. Uh, so a quick little tidbit is that um, Cappadocia has like a whole underground city of a network of tunnels and all kinds of stuff because you're hiding from people in the mountains. And, uh, you know, people had to pray. People had to worship. So they created uh, certain rooms in these tunnels that were actual churches. Some of them were Orthodox. Some of them were Christian. And then all the frescoes inside there are really cool because it's all like religious -y. So it was actually quite cool. So I thought like, you know, I could go there, I could check that out, and then I could fly in the balloons. So what's interesting about this episode and the reason why it's episode 13 is because it's unlucky 13. And it was unlucky for me, but it was also the year I took 13 flights. So um, which is bound to lead to some kind of problem. <laughs> so. Uh, the way that it starts is Istanbul was great. We get to Istanbul. Istanbul is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, there's something that's magical about listening to them pray at night with with the sounds over the loudspeaker. Um, I was startled at first, but then you kind of got used to it. Uh, very cool. And then um, <clears throat> I so we're in Istanbul. Everything's cool. Um, I need to leave my my aunt. Well, just before I left, my aunt. She sent me a text message. She goes, you're in Istanbul. You know that you have a cousin there? I was like, really? So we ended up hooking up with my cousin. And, uh, you know, we saw his kid and all this kind of... It was fantastic. Great time. So now we got to get to Cappadocia. So I'm sitting down in the Airbnb chilling, having a conversation with uh, the Airbnb host. And all of a sudden, my alarm goes off saying that uh, your flight has left. And I was like, What? What are you talking about? And coincidentally, I look up and there's a plane in the sky just for added drama. But that really happened. <laughs> and then so I was like, what the hell happened? So I looked at the calendar. What ended up happening, this was the first sign of something to go wrong, was that my, my MacBook didn't actually auto adjust the time. So uh, Istanbul is seven hours ahead of, of Toronto and it didn't adjust the time. So uh, I kind of missed the flight. So but the reason why... And when I think about it after, I'm sitting there chilling. Meanwhile, I should have been at the airport, right? And the reason why I did that was because we needed an early flight because uh, Cappadocia, uh, they, they, the balloon rides go off early in the morning, like five in the morning. So I wanted to get there early so we can chill for the afternoon and then, you know, uh, wake up early and jump on the balloons. 
So, uh, luckily, the Airbnb host, obviously, he could speak um, the language. So, he jumped on, got us another flight. So, I wish I knew what uh, we talked about in a previous episode about getting your money back for flights. But anyways, uh, (laughs) it turned out that, you know, he was able to get us a flight, but it was much later. And, uh, you know, so fine, we took it, whatever. Now, just another little tidbit about Istanbul. For those who don't know, Istanbul sits on two continents, right? So if you if you buy a ticket from Istanbul to go into Asia, because Cappadocia is technically more in Asia, the Asia side of, of Turkey, um, really just Istanbul sits on the, the the two continents. So if you if you buy a flight from Istanbul directly to the airport that's in Cappadocia, it's like three times more, just because you got to cross a continent. So it's ridiculous because really you're just crossing the Bosphorus River, but but it's ridiculous. So in order to save money, what people do is they take a bus uh, over the Bosphorus and then they're kind of in, in, in uh, Asia and then they go to the nearest airport that's in Asia side and then take the flight from there and it's significantly less. So so that's what we did. So we, we needed to leave right away now so we could put us the flight. So we jump on the bus, we cross the Bosphorus, everything's cool. We get to that airport jump from that airport to the other airport that's more in Asia, uh, close to Cappadocia. And then from Cappadocia, we take a 45-minute drive to the actual accommodation, which is cool. It was in a cave, like everything else. We were in a cave. It was fantastic. So we got there. We got there late. wasn't really what I wanted. Uh, we got there at 11, and we had to wake up 11 or 12. We had to wake up early in the morning at 5 uh, in order to take the balloon ride. And usually what they tell you is another tidbit is they usually tell you to book at least two days in Cappadocia. So that way, if things don't go right with the first day, uh, because they really need the air to be a certain way, like the wind and stuff like that. And the weather obviously has to be good. Uh, so that way, if if your, if your flight gets canceled, the balloon ride, then you could at least try again on the second day. Uh, but everything was good. We got there, um, you know, went to sleep, woke up five in the morning, jumped on the balloon ride. Everything was magical. It was great. The scenery was fantastic. It was beautiful. Oh my gosh. Like the, it was breathtaking. The, 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 the moonlight landscape of the, of the ground was, was fantastic. Everything was great. Got back, uh, uh, took, uh, one of the, I went for dinner. It was like this, uh, beautiful, lamb dinner they they cook lamb inside these clay pots and then they make you knock it to open it and then the the lamb is just cooking stewing in that pot it was fantastic that was great um actually ate there twice fantastic place uh by the evening time just before we we're about to go to sleep uh i went to this kebab place which was great had the kebab that was fantastic woke up the next day explored went all over the place it was fantastic explored those those caves that was fantastic the frescoes all that was beautiful it's like an open air museum fantastic beautiful there's atvs there's camel riding everything's fantastic beautiful uh then we had a hammam which was like a turkish bath um they lathered you up with soap and stuff and beat you up and stuff like that and massage you and all those kind of things that you come out there feeling like jelly you feel great um drank like so much apple iced tea because it's fantastic uh, then we went back to the to get a kebab again just before I went to, to bed, and that's where everything went downhill. So I went to the kebab. Wait, is the this ke- the same kebab from earlier? The previous day, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, previous day there was meat, uh, uh, meat on the kebab. This time there wasn't anything really. So against my better judgment, I still had some. Some stuff that was scraped at the bottom, whatever. 
and whatever was left on the thing. I just took it, whatever, anyways. There was, my gut said, don't do it, but I still went ahead anyway. So when you say you had a gut feeling, like what about the situation made you feel like um, not really privy? Because like for me, I don't eat meat. So I wouldn't know that no meat on the kebab is a kind of a bad sign. So can you tell us some signs? Right. Well, the thing about kebabs is that it's it's chicken, pork, or beef that's going to be on the kebab, right? Um, it's spinning around, so it's raw when it's on that machine. It's spinning around. But if you have a, a high turnover, like people are constantly coming, it's not sitting on that for long. It cooks, you go through it, you're done everybody's good. They usually do that and it lasts a whole day. And then, you know, they're just cutting it off and, and giving it to people and it's okay. But by the time I got there, there was nothing really on it. And there was stuff that was just at the bottom that he just grabbed. So who knows how old that is, first of all. And who knows if that's actually was ever even really cooked. Did it fall off from there and just land there? Who knows? That's true. Right? Okay. Right. So so that's that's the reason why. It was just leftover stuff. Like, why am I eating scraps? Like my like gut saying, like, why are you eating that? <laughs> like, so yeah. So next morning I woke up with um, I'm gonna use a quote from episode one from my friend Kim. Uh, I woke up with explosive diarrhea. <laughs> That's her terminology, not mine. But I need to paint the picture, okay? So it's not that it's bad enough that I have explosive diarrhea. Like I'm like I'm like literally woke up in the morning, like my stomach is churning and I'm sitting on the toilet, right? Uh, the worst thing about that is that I need to catch a flight right now. So <laughs> Gordana goes down and she settles up the bill and we need to take a 45-minute drive to the airport because that's how we came, right? So I'm sitting there to the last minute on the toilet until we really need to... Uh, let me know when we're boarding the car because I don't want to get in this car. So I'm worried that while in the car ride, I'm going to have to use the bathroom. Now, let me remind you that Cappadocia is a desert. So there ain't no trees. There ain't no nothing. So if we need to pull off on the side of the road for me to use the washroom, everybody's going to be able to see what I'm, what I'm doing. Right. That is so. scary. That is so scary. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily me, though, luckily me, uh, when I got in the car, I literally just fell asleep. I think I was drained or something from like from my from using from, from being on the washroom all morning. I literally fell asleep until I got to the airport. Like I, I was so lucky. But the minute that you get up and start moving again, I need to go to the washroom, get into the airport. Um, going back was different. We just took a direct flight from that airport right to Istanbul. So, um, so thank goodness for that. But as soon as I get to the airport, I had to go to the washroom. So this became my routine for the next couple of airports. So go to the airport, go to the washroom, right? Then go to check in your bags, then go to the washroom, right? Then before I go to through customs and border security, go to the washroom, because who knows how long I need to wait in that line to check my stuff. Oh my as soon gosh. as you... As soon as you go through customs with all your bags and everything, go to the washroom. And then once you get to your gate, then sit near to the washroom or at least know where it is. And then as soon as they, they call you to board your flight, then go to the washroom while people are lining up, go to the washroom. So that way you went. At least on the plane, I knew that there's a washroom in there, which I don't really want to use. But I mean, at least I know there's something there. And let's just hope that there's no delay or know nothing, and off we went. So that's exactly what I did. 
So what did Gogo say with all of this? Is she just like trying to console you or like what was her reaction? Because you weren't traveling alone. You were traveling. Well, she was always like, like, how are you feeling? Are you okay? How are you feeling? She's, I mean, totally supportive. Like uh, she would buy water, like here, drink this. How are you feeling? Are you okay? Um, she was always asking, like, do you need to go now? Do you need to go? You, you feel like, honestly, like, I don't, I really don't know how you, how you would handle it as a solo traveler. I mean, honestly, I felt like a child. I really felt like like this little silly child that just like, okay, are you okay now, Chris? Do you want to go through the washroom? Because we're going to go through customs right now. <laughs> Do you need to go through the washroom one more time? Because we're going, you know, like you really feel like like a little child. But but she's great. I mean, she always she's always like that with me. She's she's good. Uh, yeah. So so we get to Istanbul. <clears throat> now I'm looking. <laughs> I'm wondering about Istanbul. Something that stuck, struck out to me was that there was a pharmacy in the airport. I don't know about you. Is that a regular thing? Are pharmacies in the airport? I've been questioning this for a while. In all your travels, do you ever see do you see pharmacies in the airport? Or was it just I noticed it because of my situation? So I think I have seen pharmacies like in the London airport, but it's a pharmacy slash like hair products and band-aids and like other stuff, but not just like prescriptions only. I've never seen just prescriptions only. Okay. So this pharmacy had a prescription, dude. Okay. <laughs> like taking wow. prescriptions. Wow. I don't know who's putting in their prescriptions. Maybe they at the knew. Airport. Maybe they knew that this was a needed service. Well, this is the thing, because as soon as I went to him, I said, look, I have diarrhea. What do you have? My man started laughing at me. <laughs> so clearly you're not the first issue. yeah you're not the <laughs> yeah. first yeah exactly so after you know he had his fit of laughing and you know making me feel like you know no, no pun intended shit, um he gave me some stuff and you know it, it wasn't the best but it did kind of keep stuff at bay so okay fine so now i jump on the plane same routine you know check in washroom um go through customs washroom you know <laughs> and sit by the gate and even, and this is going to sound gross, but even if you don't, your stomach isn't immediately telling you to go to the washroom, even if you just sit down, you go. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, it's just, it's you just go. Thing. It's a mental thing. Yeah. 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 So, I, you know, without tr trying to sound too gross, I mean, we probably passed that bridge already, but um, I just wanted to try to make sure that I was as empty as possible before I moved on to the next step. But Chris, <laughs> I'm wondering, like, you were like... How full were you? I feel like you know you went to a lot of washroom so many times. <laughs> it, it was just it wasn't it wasn't anything. It was just I, I don't know whatever I ate. It was like you know what it's like upset. to have diarrhea, it's right? Upset. It was just like yeah. yeah. So okay, so I get I get I fly from from Istanbul to Athens. Okay, so that medication has kept me kept me a little bit at bay. So I wasn't going as frequently, but still. Um, so usually what I would do when I get to, um, cause I mean, I know, you know, you're the same way. Um, as soon as we get to the airport, you know, I wouldn't buy a SIM card at the airport. I would try to get that someplace else, more in the city. I wouldn't really get a taxi from the airport unless it was the cheapest option. Um, I would try to find some other means of transportation, you know, explore the bus, explore all the other things. But at that moment, I didn't care. Like, let's get out of taxi. We need to get to the Airbnb. I don't care if it's the most expensive. Get a SIM card, whatever. I don't care how expensive it is. Just get all that stuff now. Because, because we're going to need it. Because <laughs> need I need it. to go to the washroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I need to... <laughs> Because I need to get gone, you know what I mean? Uh, so we get a taxi and we're driving. And usually in the taxi cab, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, this place is beautiful. I love it. Like, I'm in a new place, admiring stuff. None of that. Just kind of like, 
why are we in traffic right now? Can we go any further? Like, you know what I mean? Like, can we just move, please, right? Um, luckily, I didn't need to go in the bathroom because, again, I was worried. Like, am I going to have to tell this guy to pull over? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm in a new city, right? So we eventually get to the Airbnb. And, of course, as luck would have it, the Airbnb host calls and says, I'm going to be late because I'm in a meeting and I can't get out right now. So I'm going to be half an hour to an hour late. Oh, my God. On any normal situation, okay, fine, right? But this situation, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So we're waiting in front of the accommodation, and, of course, I need to go now, right? So I'm looking up the street. I'm looking down the street, and then I see uh, there was, like, a little pizzeria place up the street. So I, I bolted over there. Um, I'm like, dude, do you have a washroom, please? Let's me go. Everything is good. Went to the washroom. Uh, stayed in there for as long as I could. Again, this is going to sound gross, but just to make sure that every possible thing is out because I don't want to come back here again right. right? and ask again, right? Right, right. Uh, so everything was cool. Did that. Went back. And then she came uh, and let us in. Okay, so that's great. She was a fantastic host. I'm still friends with her on Airbnb. She's fan and on uh, Facebook. She's fantastic. Her place is cute. It's amazing. Uh, she shows us around, all that kind of stuff. Everything's great. And then she drops this bombshell. <laughs> she says, "Oh no, that. oh in Greece they they don't have. Okay, you go, you go. Uh -oh. <laughs> go ahead. You know where I'm going with that. <laughs> you can't you can't flush toilet paper, right?" Oh, That's right. God. So she says, she says, you can't flush toilet paper down the toilet bowl. You have to put it in the garbage bin beside you because when Athens was built, they made these really small pipes and you will clog the toilet. I was like, pardon what now? <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, okay, sure. That's what I'm going to do. And then she left. So I don't know how much times I remembered or forgot to do that, but I do remember her saying a little message that it was backed up a little bit because i mean that's gross who's gonna do that in these in these in these pre in these unprecedented times <laughs> oh my gosh so okay to quote covid yeah hold on so go so going back so when you have this paper towel and put it in the basket beside you how do you prevent it from smelling like well all the, you'll notice in athens that all the garbage cans are those ones that have a lid okay maybe like smell proof lids that just yeah can't, okay Maybe that's your thing. I don't know. But that's how they roll. It, it's just, it's literally just like you, you push the button and it goes up and you throw it in the garbage and it closes. I see. Okay. Interesting. That, that's just, yeah, I know. Uh, that's just how they roll. So, okay, fine. So we go out that evening to explore. And then this became the new routine was more like, okay, uh, every time you walk a little bit, you're like, there's a washroom in there. Remember that there's a washroom in there. Okay, let's keep walking. So that way, if I need to double back, I know where the washroom is. It, it, it's it's brutal, but this is the way that I was thinking. Uh, and then we found a pharmacy, which was great. So we found another pharmacy. And then um, I bought more medication. Now, this stuff was actually better. So it was much more stronger. But obviously, it's going to take a couple of days to get working. So I'm taking it. Sure enough, anywhere in Athens, wherever you go to use a washroom... There's a garbage bin right beside it with a lid thingy. So that was how it was for the next couple of days in Athens. Um, now, Athens was fantastic. It was beautiful. Again, it was, uh, they had, uh, the Acropolis was amazing. Um, you know, whenever I needed to go to the washroom, I would go, but I actually need to kind of remember where it was. I think it was slowly starting to leave, but it was still there, right? Um, exploring Athens, everything was great. It was fantastic. Um, then we went up to... Uh, we went up to, to Saint, where St. George Cathedral is. So St. George, as you know, if you're 
um, for those who are Greek, St. George is like their main saint, right? So they have a, a really big mountain with a church on it called St. George. So we were going up to that. So we took a little thingy up. I'm feeling great. Um, went up to there. From there, you could see the Acropolis and everything. It's, it's beautiful. Everything's fantastic. And now we had lunch. So I was like, okay, I think I can actually eat something. So I ate something because I, I had to try gyros. And, you know, it's, you know, I had to eat Greek food. I mean, come on. So that was kind of like, I think that triggered me to start going to the washroom again, unfortunately. So what we did was we decided to walk back down the mountain. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. So Were there bushes so sure. this time? There are bushes this time? Oh, gosh. Let me tell you, girl. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm walking down the mountain, and then um, all of a sudden, I need to go again. Like, like I go, I thought I got rid of this, but now I need to go bad. So we're looking around. We're looking around. We saw this store. <laughs> it was a restaurant, but it's Europe. So they're not open now at this time, lunchtime. They're open later. So they're not open. And, you know, at the time, they, I, w I was even willing to pay. Like, I'll say, look, uh, I'll buy something. And if you let me, and then I can use the washroom. Like, but we're not even, we're still preparing food. Like, so they wouldn't let us go. Yeah, they were like, get lost, get lost. <laughs> yeah. No, they're like, please go. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm looking around, looking around. And I found the little parquet. So this parquet is in the middle of, you know, is surrounded by houses all around the little parquet, right? So there's streets on both sides, streets. It's like a, a rectangle and there's streets on both sides and there's houses around it. And it's a little parquet with bushes and trees and things like that. Uh, but people could walk in it, right? So I'm like, all right, I got to go here, right? So uh, I go into the little parquet. I'm on my hands and knees. I'm crawling into like the most bushiest kind of place that could at least hide me the most right and then i'm hiding i'm sitting in the bush and i'm like okay fine um quick lesson i always walk around with my satchel and in my satchel i always have wipes hand sanitizer and a kleenex just so you know so i'm not a disgusting person uh i do have everything that i need and this is like a lesson from this that i always make sure that i have that stuff with you so lesson learned always have your 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 equipment with you for such emergencies right yes yes so i dug a little hole this is no different than camping so i, I dug a, I dug a little hole and i'm sitting there whatever doing my thing gordy gordana's outside of the parkette entrance kind of guarding it like as if like what are you gonna do if someone wants to come through the park like you know what i mean so she's kind of standing there she's looking back she can see me clear as day in the bush so she knows i'm there she can see me yes. um but she's kind of guarding and then two little old ladies come walking down, talking to each other in Greece. And then Gordy's like, oh, no. And then they stop right in front of her to continue their chat. And Gordy's like, uh, because uh, <laughs> what's she going to do? Tell them to leave? All they needed to do was just look around to their left and to the other one to their right. And they would have seen me clear as day defecating in their park. <laughs> oh, my right? gosh. <laughs> But they didn't, and I'm still sitting there. It's almost like freeze, like I'm being quiet. What's gonna happen and next? Yeah. What's gonna happen next? And then, luckily, they continue to walk. But you know how like little old ladies are? They just they're talking. They're, they're random. Their own. Exactly. Yeah, they're just talking. They're gonna stop here, and maybe they might stop there and talk for another half an hour. Who knows, right? So they're just talking. Luckily, they left. Okay, so I clean up whatever, and I bolt out of there, and then I <laughs> I went back down the hill and everything was cool and then the next day we took a boat to go to santorini 
So now we get to Santorini, and I'm feeling much better. In the in the ship, there's a washroom there. Everything's cool. I'm going less frequently now, so it's all good. Um, we get to Santorini, and then this is where kind of the story ends. Get to Santa, get to Santorini, only to find out that the flight that we booked from Santorini was the wrong island. So we booked a flight from a different island that's not Santorini. <laughs> I don't know if it was Crete or whatever. So then we had to figure out, oh my gosh, like how are we going to get off of this island now? Because we're supposed to fly from there back to Athens and then wherever. Um, so luckily, you know, we lost money again, but we we figured out which that we had to cancel that flight. We tried to say, you know what, your program uh, selected that. We didn't. Yeah. Yeah. We're using like I think we're using like one one travel or whatever I don't know, uh, but whatever we 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 tried to blame it on them. Says look, it was your system. It selected this island. I mean, we we know we we're on Santorini. We didn't select that, but we we knew we did select the wrong one. Uh, and then they they didn't really refund us. They just kind of like replaced the flight, but we still lost money. Uh, and then we got we got the right airport that we were able to fly out from. And then by then, Gordy started showing symptoms of being sick. So I don't know. Uh, she wasn't nearly as bad as me, but uh, but yeah, she started to get sick as well. But she she like that next day she was fine. But uh, and then the rest of the trip was okay. By then I was fine. So this is like in total, this is at least like Cappadocia, um, Istanbul, Athens. These are two continents, different cities. And then um, Athens, I was there for two days, uh, flights like one day. So I was like literally stomach flu for like a good four or five days, maybe wow. even six. Because uh, Santorini, I was still a little bit sick. So, you know, six six days, I would say. And, uh, you know, usually they say if you're like having diarrhea for four days straight, you technically should go to the hospital. Um, so that's the end of my tale I, I i got out of there and that's pretty much it that's my diarrhea story you know listen <laughs> you can't see this right now but my eyes were open many times my mouth is open many times because this is like incredible this segment was brought to you by gps my city do you love exploring cities on foot and at your own pace gps my city's mobile apps are available on ios and android and feature self-guided city walks and GPS-powered travel articles written by travel bloggers and travel content creators for over a thousand cities worldwide. Visit the blog rudderlesstravel.com forward slash GPS my city for more details. Let's break this down. Okay, so Chris, so what did you learn? Like you mentioned that you now have your Kleenex and you have your equipment with you, but like from all of this, like how has your travels changed since then? Well, my travels changed. Uh, the way that it changes is a couple of, of things that I learned from this is, is sort of always know um, where the pharmacist is. I, I got this advice from another travel blogging friend of mine as well uh, on from her episode with our show. So I'm going to share it again here. Um, actually, I'm going to share it again now because her episode is going to come later. So you'll hear it again now. But me sharing it now, I'm going to sound like I'm a genius. Uh, but she says that the pharmacists actually know almost as much as doctors. If you think about their training, right? So you might not necessarily need to go right to the hospital, Right. If you're feeling sick, you can actually go to the pharmacist and they should actually be able to they have a they might be able to actually help you uh, by prescribing something over the counter or under the counter or 
around the counter, I don't know, whatever, uh, that might actually help you instead of you going to the hospital. Because if you go to the hospital, then you got to deal with insurance and all that kind of stuff. And your insurance might not cover that particular hospital. Insurance gets really complicated. Like they have certain hospitals that they will only work with in certain countries. And, you know, it might not be the hospital that you're the closest to. So, you know, you could sometimes actually avoid actually going to the hospital by just talking to your pharmacy because the pharmacist is actually all around. You'll find those in in more abundance than you would the hospital. That so is true. By, yeah, that's true. by find yeah by finding the pharmacy, she was actually able to give me something. Like I explained exactly what happened. Um, I'm pretty confident at this point that I probably got salmonella poisoning because it was chicken, and anything with chicken, you sort of don't mess around with that. It's, simple, it's also the same with pork. Um, so you don't mess around with chicken, you don't mess around with pork. Um, so it's probably salmonella poisoning, but she was able to give me something that was really strong that kind of helped me to get off the path, which meant that I actually didn't need to go to the hospital. Um, but that said, when it comes to diarrhea, yes, if you have diarrhea for more than, than four days, it's up, they say that you should be going to the hospital. Um, yeah. So that's just a side note. Um, another thing I learned is that you really, uh, you know what? You should pay attention to lines when it comes to street food. Uh, you know, if there's no line there, uh, then, you know, you might want to reconsider uh, just because, um, you know, busy food means high turn. Um, busy lines mean, means high turnover means a better chance of food not being bad or going bad or anything like that. Uh, so that's definitely something I learned from that. Um, I mean, everything else with regards to flights and all those kind of things. Uh, you can't really make too much changes about that. That's going to happen to everybody with regards to making mistakes with flights. Uh, definitely with uh, with my satchel, for sure, um, whether it's a satchel or a backpack, definitely make sure you have hand sanitizer. Definitely make sure you have wipes and um, definitely make sure that you have, even the baby wipes will do. Um, definitely make sure you have Kleenex, things like that, because you never know. I mean, if you can't find the washroom, you may need to, you know, act like you're going camping in in the woods uh that's just how it rolls uh so definitely keep that and i would actually go so far as to say to get something that's anti-diarrhea i don't know what it's called is it modium i don't know if that's what it's there's some kind of like uh drug that you can kind of keep with you that will help with that like even like pep pepto-bismol like they yeah, have the tablets like and stuff could help yeah. yeah yeah something like that so even keeping something like that on hand um, I think keeping an idea of which where the washrooms were, I mean, this is a usually kind of a unique situation, but um, I actually, it actually became a fear for me. It's weird. It became a psychological thing for me going through that experience. Now, when I travel, even if I'm completely fine, I still always want to know where the washrooms are now, just because of that experience. That's so, yeah. yeah, so so knowing where the washrooms are is actually not a bad idea as you pass them. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. That actually <laughs> reminds me of my trip to China that I went to back in December and they have like squatting toilets. And really? the fact that I had to squat in the I was there for 10 days. So in the beginning of the trip, I would be cognizant of every single bathroom I saw um, <laughs> and how frequently I was going because I was reluctant to want to go to the bathroom. So it was just interesting. The psychological tricks our mind plays on us. Totally. Is it like, so squatting inside like a, uh, this like, 
it's just a hole in the ground and you just go no, and squat? No, no. Like okay. Okay, so <laughs> during my 10-day trip, I was in a couple cities, Beijing, Shanghai, Wuxi, Sanjo. So these are like really well-known cities. And it's like you go into a bathroom stall like anywhere else, but instead of it, the toilet being like our regular toilet, Western toilet, you would just see like the bowl on the floor. So you would have to squat so you could reach the bowl. And it was very interesting. And I resisted squatting for so many days. And then one day I actually did it. And I was like, wow, this is a great feeling. And then I never (laughs) went to the Western toilet. You know, after that, I was like, I'm just squatting all day now. Um, But it was really, it was really interesting. It was super interesting. Yeah. Wicked. Wow. That's that's cool. (laughs) That is awesome. Okay. So also with food, you mentioned that like long lines. I know that there's also, uh, depending on where you're going, like you might not see folks who have gloves on. So do you have Mm. any thoughts on like if the street food vendor doesn't have gloves and they're touching money? Like what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know what? It's a tricky. That's a tricky one because you, uh, sometimes wearing gloves isn't actually your best thing either. Um, I heard a doctor say one time because you know we are recording this stuff through during COVID nineteen. Uh, just so you guys know, we're still dealing with that. And a doctor said that your hands are actually your best gloves, right? As long as you're washing them all the time, because we tend to have a false sense of security with gloves. And I'll give you an example. So when I was in Casablanca, right, uh, we went to the old Medina, and the old Medinas are like they're 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 old, like they're it's being operated pretty much like it hasn't changed for thousands of years. They're old school. Chickens are in cages and you buy your chicken. You know what I mean? Like it's like literally old school. Spices are, are all over the place. It's beautiful. It's really cool. But they're all wearing gloves. But their gloves are dirty. So it's kind of like, well, you know, what's the point of wearing a glove if you're not going to change your gloves? But there's a sense that they feel, well, we're serving food, so we need to wear gloves. Um, now, granted, the restaurants uh, were fine, but it's more like people who are serving fruit or people who are serving dates or people who are serving peanuts or things like that. Like they're grabbing the peanuts with the gloves and putting it in a bag. But something like a date, like you're going to eat the date. Like you don't peel a date. Like, you know what I mean? So they're grabbing the dates with the gloves and putting it in a bag for you to eat. So therefore, it's kind of like, their hands aren't technically clean if they've been wearing those gloves all the time. One, I saw one dude who had rips in his glove. So, I mean, how many days have you been using that glove, right? So, <laughs> so I think I think it really depends on where you are. I, I don't want uh, to disrespect any cultures or anything like that, but I think in places like the old Medinas and stuff like that, that's just how it is. You know what I mean? Uh, but in other parts of the world or other places, you know, you... you like here in Toronto, for example, like you cannot make food or do anything without gloves. So, I mean, you just got to be cognizant of where you are because I don't, I, I also think it's not okay to go someplace else and now you're on their turf and expect your rules and, and your ways of living from where you're from to apply there. So you have to kind of be cognizant of that as well. So it's kind of like tricky you know what I mean? You could yeah. say no to everything, but then you're not really exploring the culture. And I'll get and a perfect example of that again in, in Casablanca is their bread. Their bread is so delicious. It's like those little round breads, you know, they do it in a, a real wood stove oven thing. And then they stack it on top of a trolley thing. And then 
you know, they just touch it. Everyone's touching it. They're constantly fixing it so it doesn't fall. But that bread tastes amazing. But they, they've been touching it, though, right? Um, we saw that, and we went, we go, we're not having that bread. We went to go buy bread that was in a store that was in a package, and that bread tastes awful because it's just not how they do it. That bread's being imported someplace else. So we said, fine, we're just going to have to get the bread that this dude's been touching. That bread tastes so good, but they touched it. We never got sick from that. But, you know, it's just a false sense of security of what is, you know, that's just how they do things there, you know? Yeah. And I also think that as travelers, there has to be a level of like risk that you're willing to take. Like when Absolutely. you're, because your immune system is different, your biological, your insides of your intestines are, have different bacteria. So you have to just know that like you can try your best to prevent getting sick, but sometimes you get sick. Like I remember I was in Ecuador and uh, two days before the, I was going back home, I got really sick, even though oh, I hadn't man. changed anything in my diet. I've just eat, been eating the same foods and everything. So yeah, you just have to be, have to be open to the fact that you may be getting sick and have a wonderful travel story to share on the podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I, there's a quote that uh, Christopher James Mitchell, as you know, I'm, uh, you've had him on your podcast as well. Uh, he was, he's, uh, he's a guest on mine. Uh, he will be a guest on mine uh, coming up. And he said he's willing to um, eat lavish. Like he's willing to get sick uh, for, for one or two days if he was able to eat lavishly like a king, um, you know, with their culture and their food. You know what I mean? And eat lavishly like with their stuff. And he's willing to take that chance of being sick for a couple of days if he can eat lavishly for like, you know, two two months while he's away. Right. So that's what he actually says in his episode, which is coming up after this one. Uh, so, again, I'm going to get to sound like I came up with that and I'm a genius. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So my last question for you is, did you get to redo all these places? Did you get to go back to Cappadocia? Did you get to go back to Athens to actually do it properly without having stomach issues? Nope, I have it. But um, I would definitely 100% go back to Athens. I would absolutely 100% go back to Cappadocia. And I would absolutely go back to Istanbul. Um, Istanbul is a fantastic city. Um, Athens is amazing. I mean, if you're a history person, um, just being around the Acropolis, like, is this certain energy that this place has been here some, like, thousands of years BC? Like, I mean, there's just an energy there that I just can't explain. It's a really cool place. Um, and and um, Istanbul, I mean, such a beautiful culture, you know, uh, everything, it was everything that I hoped and everything wished for. Um, Athens was everything that I wanted. And Santorini, by then I was feeling good. So I saw some of the most beautiful sunsets and some of the most, uh, some of those blue roof buildings that are known in Santorini and ate some great food there. And uh, got to drive around the ATV all, all day because that's how most people get around on that island. So, I mean, yeah, I, would, I could go back to any of these places in a heartbeat. But you know what? Um, I'm still happy that I was there. Uh, I'm still happy that I got that experience. I will never say no to any of that. The only thing that I will change is probably just not eat that chicken, right? But everything <laughs> else, I mean, was completely fine. Like the balloon ride was amazing. Um, Athens was amazing. So I would, I would you know, totally 100% go back there again in a heartbeat for sure. And totally. now you know to double check your flights, times, <laughs> and also departure, departure, you know, days and destinations and all that good stuff, which is important. 
Absolutely. Totally. That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. Well, thank you again, Chris. This was such a great conversation. And thank you listeners for tuning in as we got to pick Chris's brain and learn more about his travel horror stories, really across multiple cities, across continents, across, it's just crazy, super crazy. So now, Chris, I'm going to give you back the steering wheel so you can take the reins of this podcast. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, This was so much fun. I'm so glad that you came and did this. This was absolutely fun. Thank you so much. I'm glad I got control of my boat again. I know. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And that story was amazing. Like, it was really, I was literally like, what's next? What's next? Another bush? Another bush? So it was great. It was so much fun. I'm glad that my bowel movements could entertain you. That was Uh, a great story. (laughs) Angel, I've I've read that story on your blog, but I feel like having you say it live is like such a different it's so different. Audio is awesome. It's like so different. All right. Case closed. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can listen to this show over at www.travelhorrorstoriespodcast.com. And if you're listening on your mobile device, please take a second to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment. It really helps the show and its episodes get discovered by more people. Plus, your feedback will help me tweak and change the show to make it the best show on the internet. Yes. I'll catch you next week. Cheers. <laughs>